The metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to become the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing this promise to life. Join thought leaders Matthew Canterman, CFA, the Director of Research at Ball Metaverse Research Partners, and Jonathan Raz Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as they interview the brilliant minds building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse. Welcome to episode 14 of This Week in the Metaverse. We've got a lot of ground to cover this week, so I'm going to get right into it. Our three topics for this week are, I'll be talking about the new partnership between the virtual influencer, Michaela, and teen retailer brand, Paxan. This is an interesting partnership, which ties to many conversations we had on the podcast about avatars, expression, and the convergence of virtual and physical. Then we will close the loop on the unsolicited acquisition proposal from Uplovin to acquire Unity, which resulted in Unity's board rejecting it this week and staying committed to the merger with Iron Source. And then lastly, we will finish the episode with the quite surprising continuation of Meta's disappointing way in which the company and Zuckerberg shared the evolution of its horizon world, their metaverse ambition. But first, we have a short announcement to share. Okay, so diving right into it. Teen retailer Paxan has, en- has announced a multi-season partnership with virtual creator Michaela in a bid to continue its exploration of identity in and around the metaverse, as reported by Vogue Business. Michaela, formerly Lil Michaela, will feature across Paxan's back-to-school and holiday campaigns to promote customers' navigation of their virtual and physical selves according to the brand. It builds on Paxan's entry into the metaverse with Packworld, a Roblox experience that they've launched this year, where it sold virtual goods like beanies, as well as its previous NFT projects. There are a couple of interesting things here, I think. First, we're talking about a retail brand that is experimenting with virtual worlds on Roblox and also with virtual influencers in a bid to position itself as an innovator and trailblazer among its core audience. I am asked many times by brands about the possibilities of building multi-platform experiences. And my point of view is really that experiments like this one from Paxson are exactly the type of bets and experiments that brands should consider as they explore and experiment with metaverse-related experiences. As we also discussed previously on the podcast, we are seeing a growing adoption of brands every day, every week, since the beginning of the year, mainstream and luxury alike, that embrace new modalities of expression and experiences on the internet in 3D, be it avatar items, persistent virtual worlds, and now also activations such as Michaela with Paxan. What I believe is that expression is fundamentally a core human behavior, which is why we see unique brand experiences coming to life, such as NARS, ColorQuest, and Roblox, a disclaimer here, I'm the CEO of SuperSocial, the company that developed and published that experience. And we're seeing more of these type of experiences if it's Gucci Town and, and, and really the evolution of brands coming into virtual world, 3D platforms like Roblox, like Epic Games with Fortnite Creative, etc. And so I really believe that we are witnessing the beginning of a new wave of brand experiments in different metaverse-related modalities. We're now seeing dozens of experiences this year, and I believe it's going to be in the hundreds of experiences, hundreds of experiments, and maybe more, 
in the next 12 to 18 months where many, many more brands are going to not only embrace the notion of the internet moving into a 3D experiences, but also understanding what does it actually mean for people? What does it mean for consumers? What does it mean for shoppers? What does it mean for young people? What does it mean for people from different demographics and different backgrounds? And we're just excited to see these experiments coming together. And so rooting for all brands experiments. I wanna move on to our second item for today and really closing the loop on the unsolicited acquisition proposal from Uplovin to acquire Unity, which resulted in Unity's board rejecting it and staying committed to the merger with Iron Source. And so reading from Unity's press release, and I'm quoting, Unity announced that its board of directors has completed a thorough financial and strategic evaluation of the unsolicited proposal from Uplovin, and has unanimously determined that it is not in the best interest of Unity shareholders and would not reasonably be expected to result in a superior proposal as defined in Unity's merger agreement with IronSource. The Unity board reaffirms its recommendation to Unity's shareholders to vote in favor of the previously announced IronSource transaction and recommends against the unsolicited up-loving proposal. The Unity board is committed to acting in the best interest of Unity shareholders with a focus on driving long-term sustainable value creation. And then I'll just conclude with John Ricitiello, the president and chief executive officer of Unity, who said, the board continues to believe that the Iron Source transaction is compelling and will deliver an opportunity to generate long-term value through the creation of a unique end-to-end platform that allows creators to develop, publish, run, monetize, and grow live games and real-time 3D content seamlessly. We remain committed to and enthusiastic about Unity's agreement with Iron Source and the substantial benefits it will create for our shareholders and Unity creators. And so we talked about this deal at length over the last week since the news first came out about the unsolicited acquisition bid from, from Uplovin. And, and so I, I don't want to address in too much detail, but it seems like the reasonable decision from Unity's board was to continue with the Source deal. They obviously have a plan with the Iron Source merger and I would also estimate or suspect that there is a right chemistry between the leadership teams of both Unity and IronSource, which, which is really critical. And you know, I, I, I don't recall the numbers precisely, but most mergers and acquisitions are not successful. And this is quite a significant acquisition. IronSource is, is a major company, a major player in the mobile advertising and app development and app monetization. And so this is going to be a very... There is a natural fit between the companies, but nonetheless, it's a merger of two quite significant businesses. That being said, the picture is no different from what we discussed previously on the podcast last week. And that is that this is very much a deal that helps to take care of the present versus the future, which is how do we build the next wave, the next era of the Internet, which this is not to say that this is not Unity's goal. And we talked in May, we had a a fantastic podcast with Mark Witten, who is the head of the Create Division at Unity, which was a really fantastic conversation. And so, you know, we're, we're very bullish at the Unity proposition and potential for the future, but it also seems that this is a very defensive move that really helps to take care of the present, which is not a bad idea, in helping both companies address the challenges created by Apple privacy um, tactics and the impact that the Apple initiative of 
uh, preventing following users through apps really impacting the mobile advertising industry through the iOS ecosystem. And so both Unity and Iron Source need this merger for the near future. Um, and we'll, we'll see what the future holds, uh, but we remain excited and in belief about the, the, the unique proposition that Unity has for creators and, and, and in the long-term vision of really empowering and enabling creators uh, from anywhere, from, from every sector to build next generation experiences. And then lastly, our, our last topic for today um, is talking about Meta's Horizon Worlds that has launched in two new markets, uh, France um, and Spain. The big deal about this announcement, to be honest, is, is less about Horizon's expansion into other markets, especially as the platform is still nascent. But really, it's more about the image that captured everyone's attention in which Mark Zuckerberg shared a VR selfie, essentially. Uh, with, with a dead-eyed avatar standing in an empty landscape populated only by a small version of Eiffel Tower and Spain's unfinished Sagrada Familia from Barcelona. Um, Force contributor Paul uh, Tassi titled his article uh, saying, and I'm quoting, does Mark Zuckerberg not understand how bad his metaphors looks? And so um, we will put a link to, to that article and also to, to the image on our Substack post after when we publish the episode, but I'd like to unpack what's the issue here uh, or what I think is the issue and provide my kind of commentary. Meta and Zuckerberg are investing billions into building essentially their version of the metaverse, which uh, as we talked about in the podcast previously is, is kind of the counter to the quote unquote the metaverse that, that companies like Apple are going to try and build with, with a closed ecosystem powered by their you know, fantastic high-end devices. And, you know, Meta, as we discussed previously, according in, in Mark Zuckerberg's own word and ambition is really to build a competing platform that, you know, looks more like a the Android mobile ecosystem and really go head-to-head -head against what they perceive Apple to have been building a very close system that, that Apple is dominating very tightly. And so... This is, this is clearly a, a big attraction point for users for Meta that they want to build this virtual world. They want to build their own version of the metaverse. And it's obviously a, a very important project. And, and obviously we share the promise and possibilities of the metaverse as the next frontier of the internet where people are going to socialize, express themselves and, and really look cool while doing so through our 3D avatars, right? And it doesn't matter how many avatars we're gonna have, it might be one, but it's obviously clear that for a whole new generation, it's going to be critical to look cool and to make sure that your friends are there. And so currently that's not the case with Horizon World. And as I claimed several times, while I wouldn't underestimate one of these era's most brilliant entrepreneurs and company builders, Mark Zuckerberg, it does seem like Meta is struggling in elevating the appeal of Horizon World and as a potential consequence, might find it hard to attract developers, potentially, should the next generation of heavy internet users, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and, and even you know, young millennials, uh, would not find Horizon Worlds cool. And again, if we think about the, what's really promising about 
the vision of the metaverse, which obviously we're at the very, very, very early stage of the emergence of the metaverse. And we have these proto-metaverses, kind of different platforms, like what Epic is doing with Fortnite Creative, like what Roblox is, 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 is building for the past 17 years, like what other platforms like Core and Rec Room and VRChat and Iantic, and of course Meta as well. Um, what is really fundamental in, in, in my honest opinion is, is the role of the avatars. Because the avatars, these 3D manifestation of our personality and of who we are, is going to really play a critical, a pivotal role in not only the way we connect and express ourselves, but the way we would like others to perceive us and to see us, just like we do today. If it's in real life or if it's on apps like Instagram or Snapchat, that human connection, the way we are manifesting ourselves, this is going to be very critical. And, and as, as our audience know, I, I'm a big proponent of the idea that we're going to have billions of billions of billions of avatars. And so beyond the technological challenge of creating really scaled virtual environments that can host millions and billions of people in one place, the way these 3D avatars are going to look, the way these avatars are going to move and look, the type of expressions that they allow us to have, and of course the general fit of those avatars into their virtual surrounding, are going to play a truly incredible role in who are the platforms that are going to be the most dominant starting with attracting millions of millions and then billions of people and giving themselves the chance to really build a scaled metaverse environment that people truly want to be part of. And so that concludes episode 14 of This Week in the Metaverse. Um, as you might have noticed, this is a shorter than usual episode. We typically have episodes of around 30 minutes. Um, it's short because today I've been having a discourse mostly with myself and, and with you, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to have more guests coming into This Week in the Metaverse um, in the near future. Uh, but I do hope you enjoyed this episode today. And please share comments on whatever, whichever channel you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching on YouTube. And, and as always, to get the early access to our content, join our Substack community as, as a free subscriber and follow us on Twitter as well. And until then, um, enjoy and have fun in the metaverse.